Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? Today is all about values. We talked about personality profiling. We talked about creating routines. We talked about the importance of all of this. And today I kind of want to go backwards a step to creating values. So after we talk about today's work and we go through this and you have your values, I would relook at your routine because right now, hopefully you're in the process of figuring out your routine. And this is a great thing to do and to use to kind of reflect upon your routines and rituals and see if they align to these things as well as your personality profiling. So I know I've been raving about self-care stress management for the past few weeks, but these are worldly struggles and they are real struggles. So we need to know what it is, why it's important, why it's vital for our lives. And I hope that you took some time to understand your personality type. And hopefully today I'll take some time to understand your values. And then hopefully you'll create a routine and a ritual system around that, that feels in alignment for you, the lifestyle you want and life you want to live. Cause I've got some big expectations for you. Yes. Yes. You. All right. So what does defining our core values look like? Let's break it up into days here. Let's do it across seven days because that really helps to break it down. So you're going to want to get a pen and paper or put this in your phone or record this audio or something (laughs) so you can remember what to do each day. Day one, pick 15 to 20 values that you treasure the most, maybe from a list of of some sort. Uh, if you search online, Google core values, I think the first link is a list of 200 core values. So check out that list, pull out 15, 20, even better if you can get more than that. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take that list of 15, 20 plus, whittle it down to 10, pause, and then whittle it down to five, pause again, and then whittle it down to three. Listen to your gut, go with what feels right. Stick with the ones that really pop and stick out to you. And um, when you reach that three, that final three, the three you have circled or were uh, not crossed out, you have then defined your core values, the things that are most valuable to yourself. And ask yourself if your life is aligned to those three values. Are the things that you're doing, are the jobs that you're doing, are the way you're raising your family, interacting with your partner, the way you're showing up for the people, the hobbies you have, are they aligned to those core values? And are there areas for improvement? Likely, yes. I think we can all answer yes to that one. What can you do to improve? So the task here, 15 to 20 values down to 10, five, three, those are your core values and ask yourself, is your life aligned around those values? Where can you improve? definitely don't worry about whether or not you picked the right ones because your values will find you (laughs) and values can change with time. It'll become clear what's important to you as you grow. 
And remember that we're taking baby steps here and to have grace for yourself. So my core values are health, fitness-minded. So I want to make sure I have a movement routine, a consistent one. I want to make sure I'm eating food that is really good and clean for my body. So that's a really high core value. Another high core value is growth. I always want to be learning new things and a part of people who want to grow and being around people who are positive. And my last one is connection. So that Again, I think I shared this in a previous episode. I love those deep conversations and those deep connections. I don't do well with surface level relationships. I don't have, or for me, and this is because it's my personality type, see the value in having a, a huge network that everyone's just surface. I would rather have a core small group who is much tighter and develop a network outside of that, but have, make sure that I have a core group that I get really deep with. Day two, think about what each of your top three values means to you. Talk about your thoughts and your feelings and your actions. Maybe write them down, be as specific as possible. And then think about who can you talk to? Who would you talk to? Who would you hang out with based on your core values? Are you hanging out with people who are aligned to your core values? What does your career look like? Does your career align with your core values? And what should you stop or keep doing to be in line with those values? That's your work for day two. I'd say at least think about it. Definitely journal it if you have access to or time to or create time to. I guess we all have time to. It's whether or not we create the time to do so. And that will take us to day three, which is build on what you've written for day two. From your core values, create a, a vision. You can even do a vision board. If you ever heard of them, you just pull things out of magazines and you glue them on this board. And that helps to kind of create a roadmap of the actions to take to get to the goals um, that you want to use to accomplish things in life that you want to accomplish. And ask yourself, what will make you live the most authentic and honest life? What accomplishments are you currently proud of? And what accomplishments do you want to have in the future? So again, either thinking out loud to those, writing them down, sharing them, answering them with someone, go through this with a partner. Day four, write down your core distractions. Distractions are the pathways to procrastination. Believe me, I know. <laughs> and when you are procrastinating, it's usually a sign that you are out of alignment in some way, because if you're in alignment, you'll want to do the task, one of the things. So here, write down everything that kind of demotivates you or gets you into that not feeling it today zone. And find out if there are more productive distractions to replace the self-distracting ones, aka find things that are in alignment for you that are with the core values that make you feel good and they'll help you get back on track. Day five, think of the projects that you'd love to do that fulfill you. Write your project wish list and the projects you wish you'd stop doing as they no longer add value to you and your life. Find out what's holding you back and taking on from taking on those projects and ask yourself how you would schedule or reprioritize re your time to do what matters to you and that aligns to your values. So that's day five's work, reflecting on the projects you currently do. Are they in alignment? If not, what are the projects you want to do and how do you get there and what's holding you back from getting there? Dig in. Day six, describe your decision-making process. This one's important. What activities will you do to increase your productivity and be more aligned with your values? And what routines can you create to support it? So that goes back to our previous episode of those routines. Go check in with that. 
And the last day, day seven, go back to the beginning of the seven day process and note the progress you have made. This is a reflective piece. We have to know that we're you know, doing well, or not doing well by taking the time to reflect. So remember a week is probably too short for remarkable changes. You need maybe 66 days, <laughs> but it's all about moving forward and going back to reflect. So actions speak louder than words. So do what you say you'll do, make it happen, evaluate, reevaluate and reflect and keep making changes until all feels good and right to you. Wowza, that was a lot. Okay, so we're going to wrap up with, I was going to talk about this back in the first episode. I decided not to. I thought, I'll carry it down to this episode. As you think of your core values, think about wellness or stress management in the terms of like mental supports, physical wellness and supports and intellectual wellness and supports and emotional and social and spiritual. I think that's it. (laughs) Okay. So the, the categories that we want to think about, and you can write these down and kind of just reflect on them, mental, physical, intellectual, emotional, social, and spiritual. So let's talk just briefly about what each one is. So mental wellness, it's how um, our values affect how we feel and we think and we act. And it's the thoughts that are in our minds of finding those distractions, finding why we're feeling distracted, getting to the root of that. And by doing so, it helps us to manage the stress or overwhelm. So some examples of mental wellness activities would be positive affirmations. You can put sticky notes on your mirror that tell you what you want to do or say what you want to do or, you know, whatever you want to lean into and become, put those messages in front of you. You can meditate. You can unfollow unhealthy people on social media, eat foods that boost your brain and mental health, practice mindfulness. For example, just cook some food, cook a meal or two or three a week and really slow down and smell it and taste it, chew it and swallow it and think about the flavors that you taste. Just slow down and appreciate it. Those are just a few examples. Physical wellness, um, taking care of your body and observing proper hygiene and um, not being ashamed of seeking professional help if you need it for physical or mental wellness. So what does this look like? Drinking lots of water, half your body weight in ounces, eating a balanced diet, colors of the rainbow, and those real foods, not the, the processed ones. Exercising as regularly as possible, maybe three to five days a week, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes. Maybe start slow. Maybe start with one day a week for three minutes and build up to two days a week, three minutes each, three days a week, three minutes each, then build up to five minutes and, and check in with yourself. Also, go get checkups done with your PCP, your primary care physician. Uh, I don't usually go to a primary care physician. I usually go to an acupuncturist, but she's the bomb and she helps me to put things in place preventatively and can tell me when my body is not doing well based on my sessions with her. So she aligns to my value set and um, my naturalistic, holistic wellness love. So she is an alignment for me versus a standard uh, medical PCP. So do what works well for you. Intellectual wellness. So that's, that's one of my core values, the growth. So what this could be reading a book, listening to a book, could be engaging in a new hobby, maybe propagating plants. That's one of the new hobbies I adopted. <laughs> listening to podcasts. I recommend um, 
Brene Brown's got some awesome stuff. I like Dr. Mark Hyman. I like Jim Quick. Even some of Joe Rogan's stuff is, is fun to listen to. You could take a class or uh, even like short courses. Doesn't need to be at a university. It can be a fun thing. Like you can learn to hip hop dance. You can learn to swing dance. Uh, lots of ways to to help your intellectual wellness. And we talked about some earlier in this episode and in previous episodes as well during self-care. I remember sharing some things that like that helps grow your thinking brain. All right, emotional wellness. So being able to help yourself and your kids and your family and anyone around you regulate their emotions. One way to do that is to set clear, firm boundaries. Make decisions that are based in your values and don't go bad about saying no to things that are out of there out of alignment for you um, and give yourself grace. This is a process, but know that when you say no to something that is not in alignment, something that is in alignment will come your way. The world works in yin and yang. You can also journal and practice gratitude. I love a good gratitude practice. I do this every day, every morning in the morning when I wake up, my phone's like, tell me five things you're grateful for. Super easy to establish. doesn't take much time. It's free 30 seconds, maybe. And it's really, really helpful to get in a good mindset for the day. Establish your emotional triggers or stuck points and write them down. And then maybe think about what, what would be the opposite? Like this, this belief is, is causing me to be stuck. So if I had this alternative belief, what is the new belief, the opposite belief that I want to have? I put that belief somewhere where I can see it every day. And the more I see it, the more I'm exposed to it, the more intentional I become about being, leaning into and living into that new belief, I can finally kind of adopt it and experience it and live it out. And take note on your self-care habits and your self-talk habits. Um, think about how you talk to yourself. Are you a good, good cheerleader for yourself? If not, start to work on changing that language to yourself. Social wellness. We all need that. We really do. This is such an important one. I know it's been hard because we've been physically distancing due to a global pandemic. Depends on when you're listening to this episode, if this pandemic is still going on, but... A physical touch is shown to reduce heart rate, reduce blood pressure, all of these amazing things. So making sure that you are limiting your interactions with negative and toxic people by setting those boundaries, connecting with your family or whoever you consider family and being present during that time of connection, not on devices or tech or phones, taking, taking time to nurture your friendships, ask deeper questions. There's a really great great group of questions called 36 questions to fall in love. You search that on Google. I'm pretty sure it's the first example that comes up. You don't have to use them to ask people uh, that you're trying to fall in love with or already are in love with. You can just ask them to anyone. Their, their questions are not necessarily love driven. They are just deeper questions that allow for people to feel deeply connected. So I've already asked them at like holiday gatherings and I've gotten much closer to my family because I've asked them. Have a friend's night out schedule it, try and do it consistently, maybe weekly, maybe monthly, at least monthly. Um, and while out, focus on all the positive, try not to bring all the negatives in from work or from home and just share your gratitudes and keep the group in a positive mindset and state because that is within our control. And six, spiritual wellness. So whatever your spiritual belief is, making sure that you're tapping into that and you have some daily quiet time to kind of meditate or pray or whatever it is for you that feels good and right maybe some type of yoga or stretching routine. Even if you're not a big yogi, you can still benefit from the, the perks of it, or at least stretching. 
Uh, there are lots of easy things to do online, apps, YouTube channels, uh, foam rollers, all kinds of stretching that can be helpful for you to loosen up your body. Listening to good music that you like or reading books on mindset and spirituality and introspection. I personally recommend The Alchemist. It's a great, easy, fun read. And then set goals and objectives. What are some things you want to accomplish? And what are the steps you need to get and do to get there? And then track them. Because if we don't see them and respond to them and react to them, they're unlikely to happen. We'll forget about them. All right. That was a lot of information in just a tiny nutshell. So <laughs> let's go to our listener question, which is uh, working with challenge, when working with challenging behaviors, uh, when there is a deficit in language skills. So how do we work with challenging behaviors when there's a deficit in language skills? The first thing I would say is if there is a deficit in language skills, make sure that there's a speech therapist involved so we can start to improve language skills. The secondary thing is if language is not an option or less of an option, think about the other sensory components. So can you use visuals to communicate and teach kids self-regulation? There are tons of self-regulation visuals. I wrote an entire course on this. I think it's from dysregulation to regulation or how to emotionally regulate. There's a whole framework that includes visuals for how to help kids to regulate. So making sure that we're including the other sensory components and if communication verbally isn't a possible way for them to communicate, think about what other way can they communicate? Because some kids can communicate through their hands, some through their eyes, some through their body language. So find a way that you can connect to and communicate with the child uh, in a different capacity. And ironically, our state at, or our state at home, our dried at home tip today is saying no. The world is not going to stop rotating if you say no to something that you don't like or don't want to do or is not in alignment with your values, that is okay. And someone may feel disappointed for a minute or so, but they'll know your boundary, which is good. In fact, if they are a highly emotionally intelligent person, they will even appreciate that you set that boundary and they will respect it. But it is the way that you can respect yourself, your values, your feelings, which will ultimately lead you to happiness. And remember that when you say no to something that is out of alignment, you can then later say some, say yes to something that is in alignment. And if people feel bad or mad or whatever, that's okay. Because when you said no, your intention wasn't to hurt or harm somewhere else, someone else. So you can feel sad that they feel hurt maybe, but you don't get to feel guilty because you didn't try it. Guilt comes from trying to hurt or harm someone. That's when guilt is appropriate. Uh, when you didn't try to hurt or harm someone, sadness is a much lower level emotion that you can allow yourself to feel. All right, that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember our try to home tip, which is saying no. If you'd like me to answer your questions on a future episode, email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com or send a text to 717-693-7744. And you can lock in what you learned today by applying it right away. An easy way to do this is to leave a review or a comment with your biggest takeaway. Let me know what are your core values and then subscribe to future episodes to learn more about those core values and how to stay in alignment with them. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer and thank you for joining me.